The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Sometimes you just need an empathetic ear to help you sort out the issues that are happening in your own life. Perhaps a forum of others just like you and guest experts who are helping them and can help you. This is that place. Welcome to Life Happens. Let's talk. Your host is Trina Wines. Fill your cup of coffee this morning and have a seat. What you're going to hear in the next hour is going to be amazing. Now, here is Trina Wines. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Life Happens. Let's talk. I am your host, Trina Wines. I am honored that you have chosen to invest your time to be here. If this is your first time or your first time listener, I feel grace to be able to create this show to give people, my guests and listeners, a place to have intentional conversations and to draw out learning and feelings of support and understanding. Many of my guests are those who have gone through some pretty difficult life-changing moments prompted by things which they felt were out of their control, which of course is what we call life happens. And how they navigated and pushed through, giving them in the end more confidence, more self-awareness, and more opportunities and inner strength. Now, these stories are, of course, are told publicly in this forum on a radio show, an international radio show at that. And so this this involves opening oneself to a vulnerable place, which, of course, is not easy stuff. And knowing that being vulnerable shows that you are open and and human, it helps us connect at a deeper level. So today I am going to give uh, or put myself in that place. Uh, Today's topic is something that's close to my heart and I believe that needs to be talked about more and there needs to be more support and conversations in regards to baby loss or infant loss. So uh, with my story, I'm just going to give like a quick summary of uh, what happened because of course I could go on for the whole hour, but I do have important guests that are uh, coming on today and I certainly want to give them the time to tell their stories. But 24 years ago, I lost my daughter through stillborn. There was at that time nothing in regards to formal community sports. And I can't even imagine what it would have been like for our mothers or our grandmothers 40 or 50 years ago. I'm sure most kept their secrets or their, or their losses secret, maybe only shared with close friends or, or only family members. So... Um, What I'm going to uh, tell you is that when I went through it, it, I was living in a smaller town. So, uh, like I said, there wasn't, um, it wasn't an urban set setting. It was a small community. So, when I had lost my baby at 37 weeks through my pregnancy, and her name was Taylor, I'd already picked a girl's name as I 
I, I just, for some reason, knew that I was going to have a daughter. And I had already completed the nesting period with sleepers and blankets and the newly painted dresser. And the crib was set up with, you know, the comforter and the matching bumper pads. And, and I'd wallpapered all the, the walls with whimsical creatures and stripes and polka dots. And I remember that night, the night when I was laying in bed around 9.30 or 10 o'clock. And I realized I hadn't felt the baby move in some time. So I rolled on my back as uh, I knew that the baby didn't like it and me being in that position. And I usually would get a couple good strong kicks. Uh, but that night, nothing happened. And I was getting a bit nervous and I tried to remember when I actually felt the baby move. Um, I was at that night at my parents' uh, for supper but uh, at that supper, I was really quite focused and, and upset about the fact that my parents uh, were going through uh, divorce proceedings or preparing for their separation because there were buyers at their house, um, private buyers, and they were negotiating a price on their property. And I remember my mom asked me to be there because uh, my dad wasn't doing well with um, the separation. So I don't remember really much, um, you know, in regards to movement of the baby. So as time passed and no movement was happening, I was becoming more anxious and I could even feel my heart starting to race and it was pounding against my chest, but there was still no movement in my womb. Surprisingly, I, I don't know how, but I fell asleep, but I did wake up several times during the night and I remember praying and, uh, you know, for the baby to move and uh, there was still nothing. Uh, I woke up um, feeling that something was terribly wrong. But I, I, went, I went to work, and, and I think I went to work, and I started just doing my normal daily workplace tasks and responsibilities just because I wanted to feel like everything's okay and everything's normal. So I, I, I was definitely in, in denial until it was at lunchtime, I went to a co-worker and um, I, a co-worker, Cheryl, who had children. And I asked if it was normal if he hadn't felt the baby for 18 hours. And I could see by the look on her face that it was not. So she did tell me to I needed to go to the hospital and I needed to go right now. At the hospital, I will never forget lying on that... Uh, on the gurney there or their bed and it, the room being cold and sterile and white and there was only a small clock and a brown cross under it. Uh, I remember just staring at it while the doctors and the nurse were strapping the belt monitors around my belly and it seemed like forever but uh, the news came and uh, the news that I was begging and bargaining or begging, bargaining not to hear that uh, there was no heartbeat, or they couldn't find a heartbeat. I didn't cry. I, I, I remember not crying, but I just just staring at that clock, and uh, I, I think I was in shock because I don't really remember much about the rest of that night. Uh, I know I mumbled something about having to tell my husband because he needs to be contact. Thing is, I didn't tell my husband anything like he knew nothing I didn't tell him throughout my um, the morning or, or anything I had no contact with them 
And uh, so uh, my sister was waiting outside the hospital, the room, because uh, she had, uh, I had asked her to drive me to the hospital because, of course, I was pretty upset. So that night, uh, the nurse had got in touch with my um, husband, and he was he was out of town. He he worked up north, and so the only way you can come back in is through plane. So he was a plane ride away, like uh, a few hours away by plane. And when I got on the phone, I could tell he was already on the verge of crying and or he was in some sort of a panic mode because, uh, I mean, obviously the hospital called him and a nurse uh, talked to him and he was wondering why I was there. And when I told him why I was there, uh, his first words were, what did you do? And, uh, and he started crying and even today, even though those words still burn in my mind, I know that's not what he meant. I also asked myself that question a thousand times. What did I do? Like I, I asked, I can't even tell you how many times I've asked myself that. But the thing is about stillborns is that you rarely get answers, medical answers. And so that left me open for years wondering if I was something I did or didn't do. Of course, I mean, I know now, I'm older now, and I know that I will never know, and and I need to accept and find peace, that sometimes things just happen, and we just really never will have, you know, an understanding of why. It just just takes a lot of time to get there, and, and I'm there now, but of course, you know, there is always that little part of me that you know, wonders what my life would look like with, a, you know, a 24-year-old daughter. Um, the, the difficult also part about these types of situations is that uh, the parents or the couple may grieve differently. Uh, we certainly did. So because I was blaming myself through my grief, I needed someone, especially, you know, my husband, to tell me it wasn't my fault However, his grieving needs were different where he needed to be alone to sort through his feelings and so he oftentimes isolated himself from me. So that was definitely a really rough patch marriage-wise. And sometimes marriages don't survive these things, especially if you don't seek out support. And again, where we lived, there were no available supports for these types of situations. Uh, We are no longer together now. And it wasn't because of of, um, this event, but an accumulation of events and situations and and things that we just um, weren't aligned with. Not only are you grieving the loss of your precious baby, but you also have a great sense of shame. I remember feeling that, and it made it really difficult for me to to, to face people. And thank goodness, I had a lot of community love and support. And uh, which drew me out of the house. And uh, so I want to thank the, uh, the community for, for being there, um, you know, and providing me support and strength. And, uh, you know, if it wasn't for them, I really, I, I, I don't know how long I would have laid in that bed crying. So uh, I also want to shout out to the Woodhouses who have just really taken care of everything in regards to... Um, you know, the burial and, and uh, transporting the baby and that. So uh, I'll maybe tell a little bit more in between, but right now uh, I want to introduce my guest because my guest, Bree Coop, 
who also went through a situation, started a, a community support group, and then it transformed into an actual, uh, I guess, an uh, agency where they people like myself who have gone through these things can get in touch uh, with them and uh, they support them through uh, baby loss and infant loss. So, Bree, uh, mm-hmm. if you, yes, good morning. Good morning. So, uh, I just uh, want to give, you know, because telling my story, I mean, it certainly is not easy. So, I, I just want to sh- tell you my appreciation for, um, you know, coming on my show and, you know, telling, you know, your story. And then, of course, um, you know, talking about the, um, the group that you have formed and that is now out there for, for people that have, uh, you know, been affected by baby loss and infant loss. So good morning. Good morning. So I guess we only have a few minutes, but can you just tell me uh, a bit about, um, like we'll talk about your story when we come back from commercial, but what, what is uh, Empty Arms? Um. When we come back, or just briefly, empty yeah, arms? Yeah, no, right now, briefly would be great. Yeah, so Empty Arms, um, we're now a registered charity. We've been around um, officially since May of 2015, and um, we've evolved significantly since our inception, but um, we offer um, peer support services to families experiencing um, the loss of a baby or babies. Um, like yourself, and I just wanted to say thank you so much for sharing Taylor's story, and um, and I'm so sorry that you went through all of that. Um, and and so um, Empty Arms, we were a group of um, women, actually, we were entirely women mothers who um, the vast majority of us have had losses personally, um, or someone dear to us has had a loss. Um, and we, like I said, support families in hospital um, if they hear about our services, you know, but in a timely manner, um, or we have um, an extensive network of, of aftercare services as well. So okay. um, we have uh, support groups that meet monthly, lending, library, lactation support, um, all sorts of things that you really just don't think of if, if you've never lost a baby before, which, of course, most people haven't. Right. Okay, well, when we come back, if uh, you could or would be willing to share your story, that would be great. And then also how, yeah, it just it evolved into this uh, this group that you have, this support group and, and um, agency that you are now have out there for, for families, like, I guess, like even like myself. So we'll be right back. And listeners, please hang on and, and um, certainly we'll hear more from Bree. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com 
Now you can take your favorite Voice America radio program with you anywhere. Sign up for our mobile app if you have an iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. The Voice America interactive radio player, powered by Aircast, gives you the freedom to listen to any of our programs anywhere, live, and on demand. No registration is required. Listen to your favorite Voice America hosts and discover new ones. Download the Voice America mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry, powered by Aircast. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. What sets apart VoiceAmerica.tv from the other video content providers on the Internet? Choice and flexibility means that you can host your video content live or on demand on the main VoiceAmerica.tv channels through your own branded media player or your own private TV channel. We support multiple media formats, so all of your video content can be in one place. We offer a number of advertising and video packages. For more information, visit VoiceAmerica.tv. If you think you've seen online TV like this before, let us surprise you. Where can you listen to some of the world's top life coaches ready to dish out success tips and entrepreneurial guidance? The Voice America Empowerment Channel will do just that. Whether it's personal growth, building a better business, or inspirational life stories, make it a daily habit to tune into our programs. From weight loss and personal branding to law of attraction and increased happiness, you'll find it every day at VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com This is Life Happens. Let's talk. Would you like to join in to today's conversation? We invite you to call in to share your story, ask a question, or add a comment. Please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. If you'd rather send an email to Trina, her email address is trina at trinawines.ca. Now, back to Life Happens. Let's talk. Welcome back to Life Happens. Let's talk. My name is Trina Wines, and our guest today is Bree Coop from Empty Arms and this morning we are talking about baby loss and infant loss. So Bree, if you can uh, you know share sort of how you um, came into I guess forming Empty Arms and, and of course I would I'm guessing you have some personal experience with it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so in August of 2013 um, we were halfway through our second pregnancy. We had a two-year-old daughter at home, and um, we went in uh, for our regular 20-week anatomy scan, and we were hoping to find out gender. We hadn't found out gender with our with our daughter, and so we were very excited, and, you know, we had her with us and um, wondering whether we were going to be giving her brother or sister, and um, and, you know, we're all chatting excitedly as the tech is doing the ultrasound. And and I remember thinking, you know, she's being really quiet, and I've only had one other baby, but I, I feel like um, she's taking a really long time with this scan. And, um, of course, my husband had no idea because he hadn't come to most of my um, appointments with, with my daughter because I'm a fairly independent person and <laughs> never really... <laughs> drug him along before, but 
Um, so, you know, it gets to be to the point where I, I can't not say anything anymore. And I'm like, is everything okay? You know, you're it's taking a long time. And, and she just says, well, you know, there's not as much um, definition as we'd like to see. It doesn't look like, um, it looks like the level of amniotic fluid is, is a lot lower than we'd like to see. So I'm having a hard time um, visualizing uh, all of your baby's anatomy. And, and again, I, I'd only had one healthy, uncomplicated pregnancy, so I just thought, oh, okay, so it's just, it's just tricky. Um, so we went through the rest of the scan, and like my mind was pretty much at ease at that point. And uh, we went through the rest of the scan, and she said, you know, baby's not in a good position. I can't see gender, so um, you're going to probably want to come for a follow-up. And so we were a little bit disappointed, but not a big deal. Um, we went out for lunch, and then by the time we got home, there was a message on our phone from our doctor saying, uh, you need to come in for an appointment, like a follow-up from, from your ultrasound um, today. But by the time we got home, it was too late in the day. Um, we couldn't make it down there, so we called in, and they scheduled us in for the next day. And So, of course, at that point, um, we were starting to wonder. We, we still weren't panicking, but we, we were wondering, okay, you know, we've never had a follow-up after, after an ultrasound like that, so that's really strange. So my husband and I both, in separate rooms, unbeknownst to each other, started consulting Dr. Google and, and what low levels of amniotic fluid means um, at 20 weeks gestation. And it turns out that it's basically fatal 100% of the time, and it's not the level of fluid, it's the, um, it's the, the underlying condition that causes the fluid to disappear. So... So um, we spent the night um, basically just panicking and trying to reassure each other and clinging to sort of that 1% chance that everything would be okay. And, um, you know, I could still feel baby moving, so it was hard for me to, to grasp that anything could actually be wrong. And so we went to our doctor's appointment the next day, and um, our doctor actually had gotten called into surgery, so we saw a different doctor, but she assured us that, um, that in fact, baby had uh, all, of, all of its organs and, and looked completely healthy despite the lack of fluid. So, so there wasn't really um, an answer for us. So she scheduled us uh, for a repeat ultrasound with a specialist and um, basically told me, well, maybe you're not drinking enough fluids, and maybe that's the reason. So we spent the next two weeks... Um, me with a water bottle basically taped to my hand, um, hydrating and hydrating and, um, and, and just, you know, wondering and worrying. And, um, but, you know, everybody tells you, oh, just think positive and it'll be okay. So, again, when we went for this follow-up ultrasound, I actually didn't, um, much like you, Trina, I, I didn't bring my husband and I, um, in fact, he was working at a mine and so I told him, just go to work, it'll be fine, we'll figure out what's wrong with me and then I'll make sure to take care of myself and then that'll take care of this baby and everything will be okay. So I'm in getting my second scan and, um, you know, very quiet, cold hospital room, um, and again, it took a long time, but I was sort of expecting that this time. And then she finishes the scan and she leaves and she says the doctor will be in to discuss the results. 
And I took a very long time for the doctor to come in, and and I remember just trying to talk myself down, thinking, you know, it's okay you know, if it's taking this long. They're not in a rush to come see me, so everything's probably fine. And um, So she comes to get me and takes me to a little office and says, you know, um, we're not seeing any fluids surrounding your baby, and um, there's a limited number of reasons why this is the case in a baby at this gestation. And she was very straightforward and said, in this case, your baby has no kidneys. And I just looked at her and I said, well, that can't be because they saw them two weeks ago on an ultrasound. And, and she said, no, I've reviewed those scans. Um, there were adrenal glands next to, to where the kidneys should be, but there, there are, in fact, no kidneys. Um, and so at that point, I think the weeks of just trying to push away that worry just sort of all collapsed on me, and I just, I broke down, and I, I didn't know what to do or say, so I just said, so how do we get this baby out of me? Um, and I remember being almost mad at my baby for, for tricking me like that and giving me this false hope for these the past couple of weeks. And, um, and so I, I phoned my husband and I phoned a friend to come pick me up because I just didn't feel comfortable driving. And, um, we went back the next day to be induced and um, over the course of the evening, I, you know, immediately shook off that feeling of anger and and then it it turned immediately into grief and um, we spent the next 18 hours preparing to to meet this baby and um, and come up with a special name we we had we not we're terrible at picking names my husband and I we don't agree on anything so we had no names picked out and um, so um, we uh, we went to be induced, and you know, almost twenty hours later of labor, um, this beautiful, perfect little boy was born, and um, he was, you know, for twenty three weeks gestation, he was um, he was almost two pounds, and he was just, he was really big, and and he just looked so perfect from the outside, and he was alive, um, and I just I couldn't believe that that it was happening and I had no idea what to do except I knew that I didn't want to ever forget him so um, we called our family photographer and she came down immediately and took pictures of us um, as a family and um, uh, of course I didn't bring my daughter to the hospital because I thought that was inappropriate and um, and so which is you know one of many, many regrets that we have from that time. We just, we didn't, like I said, we were so devastated and angry. We just didn't, you know, we prepared as best we could, but we didn't know what it would be like when he was born. So um, so we spent our time with him, and then um, he passed away um, less than an hour after he was born. Our, our medical staff, our, our nurse was, she was so wonderful, and she really gave us our space. And um, uh, and so um, when we were saying goodbye to him, 
I remember just thinking, like, you can't just leave your baby. Like, this is, you're supposed to, you know, take care of your baby forever. How do you, how do you just leave them with a stranger, no less? Um, and so, um, and I knew he was going down to the morgue and just the thought of him just being, you know, in this cold, like, room and so, um, so I was just, I was just crying all over him and, and our nurse just reached out and she said, how about I just look after him? And she took him and she just hugged him and snuggled him for me and, um, and we left and of course never got to see him again. Um, and so, um, going home, immediately realizing that there was no support, we, we had nowhere, we just felt lost, we had nowhere to go, um, and I did eventually find an online support group, and, and I say eventually, like, it was forever, I mean, it was a week, but it was, like, the longest, loneliest, most alienating week of my life, and, um, and in that group, I met a woman named Jasmine Herchak, and she had gone through a similar experience, in fact, only a couple of months before me. Um, and she had already realized, because she had a couple of months already, that, that things needed to change. She didn't have a compassionate nurse like I did. Um, and so we started talking, and she told me all the things that she wanted to do, and she had gone through training to be... Um, to be a doula since then because she realized she wanted to serve women um, in labor and delivery. Um, and then things just sort of evolved and um, and I'm a photographer so we realized that, you know, we could really um, offer some, some meaningful services to women in hospital. Um, and, and then once... Um, once we sort of started to get the ball rolling, and I mean, Jasmine's just amazing with with researching um, how to do things because neither of us have any background in in nonprofit organizations or anything like that. Um, so we formed a board, um, and within a couple of months, we attended our first birth in hospital, and um, was actually a, f- a friend of Jasmine's, unfortunately, and. Um, and then from that moment, I mean, we had already formed the organization, but from that moment we knew um, that that it was really, Empty Arms was going to be really important in the baby loss community. And um, that first year we served uh, three families in hospital. Uh, last month we served 12. So, Bree, if we can just hold you there and uh, certainly want to loop, um want to hear more about that Uh, but we're going to go into commercial here and uh, we'll be right back follow us on twitter for more great ideas at voice america empowerment 
Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus, topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. Live up to your full potential. You've heard that for years, but now there's a channel to help you get there. Introducing the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Get motivated, hear about success stories, and positive encouragement. The Voice America Empowerment Channel is the home of the world's top life coaches, entrepreneurs, and success experts. Listen to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate, change, succeed. Build a better business, achieve that goal, make good on that resolution. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate, change, succeed. This is Life Happens, Let's Talk. Would you like to join in to today's conversation? We invite you to call in to share your story, ask a question, or add a comment. Please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. If you'd rather send an email to Trina, her email address is trina at trinawines.ca. Now, back to Life Happens. Let's talk. Welcome back to Life Happens. Let's talk. My name is Trina Wines. And our guest today is Bree Coop from Empty Arms. But we have a caller here this morning, Leanne, who uh, she has also had uh, experience with infant loss. So thank you, Leanne, for calling in and joining us. Yeah, thanks, Trina. Thanks, Bree, for sharing your stories. Um, it's been quite a while since uh, I've had a conversation about this or, you know, participated in a conversation about this. So. It certainly opened up a can of worms, but uh, hopefully yeah. a healing can of worms for, you know, myself and others that are listening. Um, my story is a little, it's a little different, um, but still has, the, you know, same emotional content. Um, I, my experience is uh, my first child was uh, born premature, so uh, we... You know, it's such a long story, like, I mean, I could probably talk for hours about this, but, you know, essentially, um, there were signs that, uh, you know, she was coming early and uh, feeling young and invincible. Um, I didn't necessarily listen, you know, to my body. I didn't necessarily, you know, take it easy. I was, I was working. My partner at the time was a full-time student. 
Uh, at that time, I was waitressing, and uh, it was just go, go, go all the time. And uh, again, young and invincible. Um, unfortunately, because I didn't listen to those signs, though, I didn't listen to my gut, and I didn't listen to my body, um, I ended up kind of in a traumatic circumstance where I was in up north, and um, I had actually lost um, a fair amount of blood. Um, so we rushed back to the city, and uh, by that time, the birth sac was already sort of bulging out of me. Um, and so that was at 21 weeks. They were able to basically, you know, put the baby back in. Um, I had a procedure. It's called a cervical cervical stitch. Um, and at that time, they had realized that I had something called uh, incompetent cervix. Um, so I was put on bed rest. They actually kept me in the hospital for three weeks. Um, and, you know, it was... You know, it was good to be in the hospital because you're forced to rest, of course. Um, but at that time, you know, it was actually kind of a bad situation because um, we had a lot of student residents coming in and uh, I had, you know, probably four or five internal um, examinations a day, which probably wasn't in the best interest of uh, hanging on to that pregnancy. Um so, in effect, what ended up happening was I did develop uh, an infection, and uh, the baby was born at 24 weeks. So I delivered, um, and sort of the same situation as Brie, I, the same but different. Uh, my, I was losing amniotic fluid. They tried to keep her in as long as she could, um, as long as they could, and I just came, you know, just to that point where it was like we just you have to give birth now. Um, my body did go into labor on its own, and uh, she was born uh, about one pound, six ounces. Um, and like Bree said, you know, like, she was, per- she looked perfect. You know, she was just tiny. And uh, so she was taken to neonatology, and uh, she survived uh, for about three weeks. And, you know, she had... Um, well, I mean, a plethora of different ailments from just oxygenation levels uh, not being high enough to, um, she had something called pulmonary ductoceriosis, which is this little flap in their heart when they're born premature, doesn't operate correctly, but she survived it, which was like a totally, like, we were just so happy that she survived that. We were so scared. Um, but the thing that finally got her was... Um, she had a brain bleed, and so we had the choice to basically just take her off life support, and, you know, that's what we did. Um, I don't have any regrets about that. Uh, we were told that, you know, her quality of life, if she did survive, you know, and we were able to take her home, you know, just wouldn't be good. Um Unfortunately, we did have uh, a resident in neonatology. We had uh, amazing nurses and amazing doctors, but we did have one resident that didn't have the kindest bedside manner and basically told us she would be a pancake. So that was, you know, the catalyst for us deciding to take her off life support. So that was a very difficult time, and, uh, you know, we did what we thought was best, and, um, yeah, you know, like Bree said, too, 
experienced those same emotions walking out and just just felt so wrong, right? But, um, you know, in respect to all of that, looking back, and obviously it's been 20 years and it's still painful, um, but, you know, we've, I've grown so much, like, as a mother, that was kind of my first experience with mortality, and, uh, you know, how precious life is, and so I certainly hang on to my kids, and, you know, I appreciate every moment I get with them, and, uh, Isabella was my daughter's name, and we still celebrate her today, and, uh, you know, in a weird way, I'm very, um, very grateful for that experience of having her. And she did bring a lot. She brought a lot to our lives. And anyways, I, I'm glad you guys shared your stories. And thanks for the opportunity to uh, let me share mine. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't keep it together a little bit. Better, oh, but, no, so. no, goodness, no, no. Thank you so much for sharing that, Leanne. Um, yeah, it's, uh, I mean, they are, the stories are similar but different, but still yeah. in the end, it's it's the loss of yeah. of a child that, you know, you still think of every day that, you know, you could be a mother to. So, thank you so much for calling in, Leanne, and uh, take care of yourself today. Yeah, thanks for the platform, Trina. Thanks. Okay, take care. Thank you. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. So, Bree, you know, I'm sure that, you know, you have heard these stories being that, you know, you have, um, you know, support groups and you you, um, see families in the hospital. So, what's your response to that? Yeah, well, um, you know, Leanne touched on... um, on on and and you touched on it briefly as well, but that um, uh, that guilt, that um, that that feeling of um, of of making a decision, and um, that unfortunately, um, you know, a lot of a lot of families, especially mothers, unfortunately, just because of the biological component, but. Um, you know, with stillbirth, there's not as much of the uh, of the uh, the decision making. You know, um, right, yeah. you might get to decide when you're induced, but you know, um, baby has already passed. Whereas in cases like Leanne's, um, with her daughter Isabella and with my son Marlo, um, you know, there's always that. Um, did we make the right decision? You know, did we? Um, could we have given him a chance? And, you know, like with our son, it's 100% terminal. You can't live without kidneys. It's just a biological fact of life. But but it doesn't stop that guilt and that, um, yeah, second-guessing yourself. And, um, and I think what one of the things, um, one of the reasons that, that Empty Arms is so... Um, successful, you know, I mean, that's a a horrible word because really there's no No, success. Well, I would say success in regards to the family feeling supported and that's what your goal is. Yeah, exactly. So we're we're able to, um, to, to let families know, you know, right off the bat that they're not alone, that they're not the only ones who've had to make these impossible decisions and that... And to let them know that, you know, you, you may never feel 100% at peace with your decision. Um, 
but it's 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 an impossible decision to make, and no one should ever ever be forced to to make it. But yet we are because that's life, right? Um, and so we do the best we can with the information that we are given by um, by professionals and peers, and um, and um, you know, we, with our particular instance with our son, we um, I've I've debated whether we should have waited longer till he was a little bit bigger, but um, I'm very much at peace now having seen a lot of babies um, born at later gestations and um, the, the outcome is basically exactly the same. So, um, so yeah, it, it's... Um, and, and MTMs, actually, we've recently started branching into um, neonatal losses as well, so NICU families whose babies are on life support. And um, it's a... It's a similar um, experience, but also very different because these families have had time with their babies and um, and bonded already by the time we're there. So, um, so in some respects, it's um, there a lot. Uh, there's there's a lot less joy than we see when we attend families in the delivery room where they're meeting baby for the first time and. Um, right. Yeah, I really am grateful to hear Isabella's story this morning because it's not mm-hmm. um, not everybody who gets to hear about these babies. That's right. Okay, so we're going to go into commercial, and when we come back from commercial, I'd like you to uh, speak about how we can get in touch or, or find empty arms. So, listeners, hang on, and uh, we'll be right back in a few minutes. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings of the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our wall. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Become a member of VoiceAmerica.com. It's easy and best of all, it's free. Start out by going to our homepage or any of our channels and click register at the top. Once you've created an account and signed in, you can create your own custom library, opt into our newsletter, search by show, host, guest, or topic of interest, or browse millions of hours of content across all of our Voice America radio channels. Membership gets you more. Visit VoiceAmerica.com today to get started and tailor the listening experience to your taste. Where can you listen to some of the world's top life coaches ready to share success tips and entrepreneurial guidance? The Voice America Empowerment Channel will do just that. Hear about personal growth, building a better business, inspirational life stories, and personal branding. You'll find it every day at VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. This is Life Happens. Let's talk. Would you like to join in to today's conversation? We invite you to call in to share your story, ask a question, or add a comment. Please call 1-888-346-9141. 
That's 1-888-346-9141. If you'd rather send an email to Trina, her email address is trina at trinawines.ca. Now, back to Life Happens. Let's talk. Welcome back to Life Happens. Let's talk. My name is Trina Wines. Uh, I think it's really important to let my listeners know that these shows also are available on podcasts. So if there is anybody that you feel that would benefit from listening to this show, please share. I do post my uh, the links on my Twitter at Moody Foods and also on my Facebook page, Eating Myself Crazy. Uh, also, my website, trinawines.ca. So, my guest today is Brie Coop of Empty Arms, and we're talking about baby loss and, and pregnancy loss. So, Brie, um, this, of course, is a very important service that you have uh, created, you and your, your co-founder. And uh, if you can introduce your co-founder, but also to let us know how we can get in touch with your services or where we can find you. Yeah, so, um, so again, Jasmine Herchak, um, you know, this whole organization was her idea, and then, you know, once she and I met, we were able to, to bring it um, to life, um, um, because obviously, I mean, it's, it's a huge undertaking for, for one person, but she really did lay the groundwork before we met, but um, we're, we're based out of Saskatoon, so our in-person services are in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, Canada. Um, but we do have a Facebook page and a website uh, that offer a lot of resources um, uh, from, you know, we have a lending library that's, again, for, for local families, but our, um, the, the list of, of titles is, is available um, if you contact us. And, um, and uh, we have things like online support groups, um, and we can um, point you in the direction of, um, or potentially point you in the direction of local support groups. And um, our Facebook page is uh, facebook.com slash PLS, and the PLS is perinatal loss support. And then as of this past week, actually, our website is finally live. Um, as you can imagine, there's a lot to do when you're starting an organization from the ground. So that was something that unfortunately got put on the back burner, but it's done now. Um, and it is www.emptyarmspls.com. Um, and again, there's a list. Um, there, there's going to be a blog once we get it up and running, but um, there's testimonials such as yours and mine um, from families that we've served uh, because really our organization is a peer support model um, and and the important one of the most important things and, and the reason that we exist is um, is to let women and families know that that they're not alone even though when you're losing a baby um, you know a pregnancy at any gestation or an infant in those um, neonatal or, or at any time um, it's it's the most alienating, um, and lonely experience you'll ever go through. Um, but it, it really doesn't have to be because once you start talking, you realize so many women, unfortunately, um, uh, are, are made, you know, by life to, to experience it. And, um, and so, uh, we're very grateful to be able to provide, um, resources for for people even outside of our community we've got 
have um, a line of sympathy cards so that friends and family can support um, people that they know, their loved ones experiencing a pregnancy or an infant loss. And um, it really were, you know, I, I touched on it briefly, but our organization has grown exponentially over the last two years, and um, it could be so much bigger if we just had more manpower. We've There's so many things we want to do and, and we hope to accomplish in, um, in the coming years. So, um, and, and this, exactly what I'm doing right now, is one of the ways that we do that, just by spreading awareness. So, so thank you so much, Trina, for having me today. Oh, well, thank you, Brie, for being here. I know it's uh, it's certainly not an easy topic and and uh, even more so when, you know, it is, uh, you know, something that affected you personally and uh, you telling your story. I mean, me now, t- you know, telling my story as well. I mean, I have such appreciation for my guests coming and, and opening themselves up, um, you know, to really the world. So thank you so much. And thank you for creating this type of support service. I, I know for myself, I certainly would have accessed something like this if it had been available um, at my time in my community. So again, thank you, Bree, for being on our show today and best of luck with your organization. And I know I will certainly be spreading the word and passing this on certainly to for sure. And any time I hear of uh, anyone, uh, you know, having a miscarriage or stillborn or an infant loss. So thank you again. Thank you. So uh, today, again, like I said, if it, it is in podcast, so if you do feel that uh, you know you know of somebody and you don't really know how to support them, and like Brie had said, they, we we do feel alienated in these types of circumstances. So even if they listen to something like this, they'll have an understanding that they're not alone, and and a lot of the feelings that they feel are you know not unique. Although all the, all the experiences are unique, but some of the feelings are certainly are shared and you know it does get better it really it does and I you know I've talked to others and it, and it does get better and you know today like my life is pretty full and honestly I have everything that I need I have two boys 19 and 22 years old and they're my gifts and they were born healthy and they're still healthy and uh, certainly when you go through something like this uh, you are so grateful when you hear your baby crying after you give birth I can't even tell you so um Again, if life happens, let's talk is again a forum where we can share stories, where we can uh, get understanding, where we can support each other, and certainly we can un- uh, know that we are not alone. So I thank all my international listeners out there. I've I do uh, see where you're some are from and and from Ireland and India, China. I mean, I'm just so thankful that you are investing your time and I'm honored that you are here with us today. So next week we are going to be talking about cancer and I know that certainly affects a lot, certainly a lot of people around the world, millions and billions. So um, um, please join us next week and uh, have a good, one wonderful day and a rest of the week. And uh, please show your kindness and support to others out there, but also please take care of yourself. So take care and see you next week. Thank you for joining us this week for Life Happens, Let's Talk. 
Please join Trina Wines again next Monday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We've made this week just a bit easier. How about coming back next week? We'll see you right here.